Welcome to Continuous Dream. Today, The Gift of Prophecy, Episode 3, starring Baird Brucher and Aaron Caswell. I still couldn't accept that the horoscopes I was writing for the weekly penny saver were coming true. It's easy to imagine connections that aren't there, right? If it were true, I'd have to freak out or run away to a monastery or worse, quit my only paying gig. No. This was imaginary. Like seeing faces on the landscape of Mars. There's a word for that, seeing faces. I forget what it is. But that's all it was. Nothing to freak out about. Then, Thursday night, Jake calls me and says we have to talk. Now, Jake is a schemer, a dreamer. He makes bad investments on trendy businesses, like the time he sank $10,000 on licorice-flavored sparkling water. I tried to tell him most people don't exactly like licorice, and the ones that do like it for the chewy texture. The fact that it was called black water didn't help. Not to mention that it was black. Not Coca-Cola caramel, but black as squid ink. But you can't discourage Jake. He has the enthusiasm of a Labrador, so I meet him at our usual place. We get our burgers and beers, and he sits back and cracks his knuckles. That's how I know he has a crazy idea. I call his crazy ideas his knuckle crackers, and he says, My mother called last night. She was a Sagittarius. Do you remember what you wrote for Sagittarius? Yes, to get on that horse and take a trot on the wild side. Jake's 81-year-old mother read that and ran off to be a cowgirl on a lesbian ranch in Utah. I assume Jake wants an apology, but no, he has a plan. Why don't you use this power? You can make us rich. You could say, tomorrow you will win the lottery and I could win the lottery. I tell him that thousands of people reading The Penny Saver and The Weekly Shopper can't all win the lottery. He looks at me with the disapproval of a nun. I also insist that none of this is real. He's imagining it. He argues I should test it out. He looks past me, and his eyes light up. What about Melissa? I ask, what about her? She's right behind you. Don't look. I look in the mirror over our booth and see her with her sister, looking lovely as ever, with sparkling earrings lighting up the edges of her face. Jake goes on, you could get her to go out with you. Think of the power. I'm appalled. Even if I had this power, I can't use it for my own reward. Jake says, of course you can. Why not? Just then, Melissa gets up and walks to our table. Jake motions for me to wipe the ketchup off my cheek, and I hope I've cleaned it up in time. Hi, Mark. Hi, Jake. I guess I still owe you a coffee. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Jake kicks me under the table. I mean, maybe Saturday? Oh, I'm sorry. I'll be out of town. That's great. Travel, seeing the world. It's just Seattle. Love their coffee. I haven't tried it, but I might have to get used to it. Oh. Why? The trip is a job interview. Something at the corporate office. Oh, that's great. Good for you. I hope it goes well. Thanks. She goes back to her sister, and Jake points at me and then at the ceiling with a commanding, almost religious air. But I get him to back off, and soon he's distracted by the game on the TV. He makes a final argument that maybe I could make the Cubs win the series again, and then I go home to write my column. What should I say? I'm sweating like a boxer in his tenth round. 
It's a hot summer night, and thunder growls in the distance. I write all the others first, trying not to think about what I'm saying or what they mean. And then I get to her sign. Cancer. Finally, I write, The best coffee is the coffee close to home. I send it off, and a clap of thunder and a bolt of lightning rip through the night, and the air turns that greeny shade of black with the pouring rain. I spend the next week drinking a little too much, going for long walks, and taking cold showers. I haven't seen enough of Melissa to get her number. Maybe I'll never see her again. As I think it over, my mood lifts. Of course it's all my imagination. It doesn't mean anything. She'll probably move to Seattle and I'll spend my life alone. Maybe I'll get a cat. As I'm wandering around the city, I look up. I start to notice the details on the old Victorian buildings and the flowering pear trees. I find little side streets I've never walked down before and enjoy the tiny gardens and the little homemade libraries stuffed with children's books and old paperbacks. The city feels like a hug. I think it will be okay. I wander into a funky little coffee shop, a new place with mahogany floors and old lamps. And there she is, Melissa, having coffee with some guy. She waves me over. Hi, Mark. I didn't know you lived around here. I don't. I just like to walk and explore. That's great. I like to explore, too. Nice. How did it go in Seattle? I won't hear for a while. It's a big decision. Oh, where are my manners? This is Don. Hi, Don. Nice to meet you. Don is my sister's roommate. He's been after me for weeks to try this place. And then my horoscope said that the best coffee is close to home. So I said yes. Great. Great. Well, I guess I'll be on my way, exploring, wandering. Enjoy your coffee. I wandered out like a balled-up Kleenex blowing in the wind. And for the first time, I considered maybe I needed to get some help. This has been The Gift of Prophecy, Episode 3. Written by Amy Kreider. Starring Baird Brucher and Aaron Caswell. For more episodes and other comedies and dramas, please visit continuousdream.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>